I want to talk to you about the power of suggestion. I have three examples. I'll quickly go over. I won't belabor it. It's 6.37. 6.37. I want you to set your watches. 6.37. Remember, they did not give me this at 6.30. 6.36. 6.37. By the grace of God, in 30 minutes, I'll be done. And we'll have looked at this and be helped by it. We do not understand, I'm convinced of this, we do not understand our power of suggestion. I believe we discount our influence as we talk to people. We remain silent because we feel it probably won't make any difference anyway. Now, you know I'm talking to you. Uh, we allow wrongs to go by sometimes unchallenged because we figure, what's the point? We allow sinners to pass by us oftentimes unwarned. We simply do not have much faith in our power of suggestion. So when I did a little short study on the power of suggestion. Let me go back and start off with the first example in the garden. I'd be amiss if I didn't go there. Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You should not eat every tree of the garden. What was that? It was a suggestion. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You should not eat it, neither should you touch it. That's what happens when a woman gets into theology. That's right, brother. Women are not meant to be pastors or deacons. And I'll die for that. That's not just, that's not, that's not like what we call fringe doctrine. That's doctrine I'll die for. Because the Bible is so clear, so plain on it. It's not that women are somehow deficient or second-class citizens. It just simply means that God has men do some things that he doesn't want women to do. And you know, that's, isn't that true with you women? I don't know if one man has had a baby. And all those men said, hey, man, brother, we're glad for you. I'm not jealous. I'm not upset that you get to have a baby. You get to have a baby, and we don't get to. Hey, man, I bet your husband's not upset at all about that. No, I know. There's a few things. So, so certain things women get to do that men don't get to do. That's just God's way. And certain things that men are to do that women are not to do. And when you violate those principles, you, you cause yourself trouble, a whole, heart, a whole bunch of heartache. So we see her in theology, she misquotes God. And the sermon said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. That's just a suggestion. For God knows that they eat thereof, that eyes, your eyes will be open, you'll be as God's knowing good and evil. But when the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes and the tree desired to make one wise, lust the flesh, lust the eyes and pride of life. She took the fruit thereof and did eat. And this is, a, I will never understand this. I'll have to talk to Adam about it. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. That's what happens when you have a passive male. Men, be the head of your home. Man, don't you be a passive husband. If, if Adam, when I get to see him, I'll tell you, and he'd been the husband, he, if he was there standing the whole time, saw that whole thing, he should have interrupted that thing. He should have been an aggressive leader of the home. 
I, I, again, I'm, those are, I don't give you a lot of information, so I may be off on that. But it just bothers me. And gave also to her husband with her. Was it, there's no time mentioned there. It could be a little time later. She may have walked away. It doesn't say. She could have walked away from the tree, you know, and say, hey, this is the best fruit I ever ate, you know. I can say this from that passage, that the devil believes in his power of suggestion. He believes in his power. He could not force them to do it. He had no power to force her hand. He just suggested it. He did not really have an exceptional argument. Nothing, as in, a, in a honor and the memory of Jean Boucher, nothing fancy-dancy. He just gave some suggestions, some slight mental course changes, some simple statements to Eve to rethink her conclusions. Isn't that right? He got her to relook at the tree that was clearly, clearly forbidden. How do I know it was clearly forbidden? Because God doesn't, he's not fuzzy. When he says he don't want you to do something, he makes it clear he don't want you to do not do it. There was no fuzziness in what God told her. She understood its danger. She understood the severity of the warning of God. The devil just suggested a few new things for her to possibly think about. First, he sowed doubt. Second, he sowed disbelief. Thirdly, he sowed dissatisfaction. And fourthly, the result of all that was he sowed direct disobedience and she took the fruit and ate. Eve used her power of suggestion on her husband. Though we do not know what conversation really went on, we know so little. But I know she gave her husband, she suggested he take it, and he took it. She did not force him. As far as I know, she did not nag him. She simply suggested he take it. All that Adam had stopped and suggested that they ask God about it before he ate it. Let me talk to God about it and see if really that's what we should do. Somebody has told me the reason he went with her because he said, if you would have ever seen Eve, you would have done anything she wanted to do also. I said, well, I don't think she was a beauty, I bet. And she used whatever persuasive power she had in him, and he loved her and did a horrible, horrible thing in direct disobedience, anarchy against the authority of God Almighty. All that he had just suggested possible another course of action. The whole world may not have dropped into the abyss, and I know there is no ifs, humanly speaking. Another example is a man named Rehoboam. There were two men, Jeroboam Rehoboam, they were the Boam brothers. Solomon had died in his wickedness and his sin of marrying all these foreign women and bringing in foreign gods and worshiping foreign gods right in the face of Jehovah God insulting God terribly, and the nation in judgment of that, behind the scenes, by the way, the nation was judged the place they split 
Ten tribes to the north with Jeroboam and two tribes to the south with Rehoboam. It was a horrible judgment. What's going on in America right now is a judgment. United we stand, but divided we will fall. A, a kingdom divided against itself will fall. And so we're under judgment. There's no doubt about it. I've said this for maybe the last 20, 25 years. I've seen it coming. I've mentioned it over and over again. We're being divided in America. Our division becomes deeper and deeper as the day goes by. It's not Trump. Donald Trump is not one who divided America. The division was already there. The theological division, the human division, the political division, it's already there. He did not create it. I'm not saying he hasn't played it, but he did not create it. It was already there. When they were not long ago legalized transgender and tried to do away with male and female bathrooms, uh, I would say that divided us pretty heavily. What do you think? That was one of the most divisive things ever come down the tubes in America. Thank God they have not totally succeeded, though they have succeeded, even Supreme Court backing them, giving them civil rights. And now a business out there like uh, Hobby Lobby is in a quandary. A Christian-owned business like Chick-fil-A is in a quandary. Uh, Troy, is he here? You're out there in a... Troy's business is in a quandary. Uh, any, you're, you're in a quandary in your business because if, a, if, a, if, a, if you hire a man in your business... And six to eight weeks later, he comes in dressed in a dress and makeup and a, and a wig. What you going to do? Because he's got civil rights now that cannot be judged on what he dresses like or what sexual preference he has. I'm telling you, it's a setup for conviction and for persecution. Uh, not just for us, but for Christians. Because I don't think the world really cares that much. You know, as long as he does his job, he can come as Bruce Jenner or, 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 or Bruce Shud Jenner. Come any way, any way they want. They don't have a lot, but we do. And so Israel meets up with Rehoboam after Solomon dies to make him king. They make a suggestion before the inauguration. They just make a suggestion. Here it is, 1 Kings 12, 4. Thy father made your yoke grievous, that's Solomon, made our yoke, our yoke grievous. Now, therefore, make thou the grievous service of thy father, Solomon. I, it's not in there, but I say that for your sake. And his heavy yoke, which he put upon us, lighter, and we will serve thee. In other words, his tax load on them was just terrible. Maybe, like, maybe, it's, it's, maybe it was like it is in Germany, 70% uh, income tax. Uh, so he went to the old man. He said, okay, three days, we'll pray about it, we'll come back. So he goes to the old man, the old man, 1 Kings 12, 7, here's what they said. The old man said, if I, was, if I will be a servant unto this people this day and will serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. So the old man basically gave him a suggestion that if you'll just do what they say, lower the taxes, tell them you'll take it easier on them, they'll, they'll be fine, they'll be service. But he's a young guy, and you know, sometimes every, each generation tries to define itself. Sometimes to their own hurt, sometimes to their own destruction, they want to just be different than the generation before them. Just be different. It's, it's a human nature. And so uh, 
he sought the young man's suggestion. He goes to these young men, 1 Kings 12, 10 through 11. And boy, it sounds like young men. And the young men were growing up with him. These are his buddies. Spake unto him, saying, thou shalt not, Thus thou shalt speak unto this people, as spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us, that thou, thou shalt say unto them, My little fingers shall be thicker than my father's loins. In essence, you ain't seen nothing yet. And now there, whereas my father did uh, lay upon you this heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke, and my father has chastised you, chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. I'm bigger, badder, tougher, meaner than my daddy. Trying to define himself different than his dad, just for the sake of pride. What happened? Jeroboam said, we have nothing to do with you. So the ten tribes just said, we ain't going to serve you. We're not going to come do anything for you. We're not going to pay taxes. We're our own nation. And they went north. Of course, Rehoboam got the troops together. But God Almighty said, don't do it. Leave them alone. This is from me. So in essence, God divided them because of the sin of Solomon uh, in the background. But we see the power of suggestion. Uh, the young men fed his pride. They fed his ego, and he lost the ten tribes of Israel. And by the way, they never got back together again. Never was that nation united again. That, the ten tribes lasted 210 years. The sin of Jeroboam, as it was called in the Bible, is repeated over and over again for those 210 years. They never got over the sin of Jeroboam, which was to create an altar to a calf up in Dan, and I believe one down in Bethel. And they never got over it. I've been to the altar in Dan. They found it. They found that altar in Dan and excavated it. Uh, where, they, where they Basically, he created a, a, a golden calf and said, this is your God. Serve him. Wow. Offending God Almighty. You know what happened to them? Assyria came in after 210 years and wiped the plate clean. Took them. Didn't just kill them. Took them away. Took them to Assyria. Took them away. And put their people in their houses. Put their people in their cities. They were gone. They never have come back. They never have come back like that. They just never, uh, some of the records were lost on who's who even. My last example tonight is about Absalom. Most of you know the story of Absalom. You know the Bible well enough to know. It was uh, one of the sons of David. David sinned with Bathsheba, of course. When he did that, the judgment was that God would divide his family. So there's another case of division being Part of God's judgment. <laughs> Unity is a blessing. Division is a curse. And so he, he said, your, your, your family's going to be messed up, divided up, you know, and then it was, and you know, the, the rape of Tamar and all that went, went on and family, the death of some of them boys. And, and Absalom, he was, a, he, was a, he was a man's man. He was a handsome man. He was like that guy that, that appeared on them novels, you girls, no, not you girls in this room, of course, but he was that guy with that long, wavy hair, a big old, I can't remember his name. My wife probably knows his name. She's so spiritual, she does not know his name. I can't remember the boy's name right now, but maybe I'll get it. But any, Fabio, why do you know that? <laughs> Your mother. Fabio. 
Absalom was a head turner. I mean, when he walked in the room, married women, single women looked at him and goes, wow. He, held, he, he, he carried himself. He was muscly, built, tall, probably 6'2", 6'3", 225 pounds, all muscle, handsome. There wasn't a blemish on him from head to toe. It's all Bible. Now the waist not. The name Fabio's not. He was, a, he was something, but he was also smart. He, he was very persuasive. He believed in his power of suggestion. And he sat at the gate and he says, Whoa, if I was king. Oh, you know, you wouldn't have to wait so long to get your case heard. I'd be, I'd put you right in the front of the line. I'd give you, I'd give you a just, I'd give you justice, man. I'd, 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 I'd change your judicial system. I'd make it better. And he appealed to the people over and over over a long period of time. And so eventually that he had enough following, he came into Jerusalem to take the throne by force away from his father David. David was smart enough. David was a smart man. He fled with his loyal men, with as few people as he could get by with, and got out of town before Absalom came. So Absalom takes the throne, according to Ahithophel, Israel, which the Bible says Israel's advice was like almost like God telling you, who had such wisdom. Israel said, Go take 10 concubines, put them up on the roof so everybody can see and have Absalom go into them. That'll defile you. That'll make you totally defiled with your dad. And so you're never going to get a peace with your dad after that. So they'll follow you. They'll follow you. And so he did. So Absalom now seeks advice and suggestions on how to proceed in defeating David. Ahithophel gives his suggestion. 2 Samuel, I'll read it for you. Chapter 17, 1 through 4. Moreover, Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Let me now choose out 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. That's the very day he left. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed, and I will make him afraid, and all the people that are with him shall flee, and I will smite the king only. I will bring back all the people with thee, and the man whom thou seekest is as if all returned, so all the people shall be in peace. The saying pleased Absalom well, and all the elders of Israel. But there was another counselor there, Hushai. Hushai's counseling uh, was uh, David's suggestion that Hushai be kind of a spy and go back there and do some, try to try to overcome the consul of Hithrophel, because Hithrophel, whatever he said, was like the way to go. So 2 Samuel 17, 11, 12 says, Therefore I counsel, and this is Hushai, he says, Therefore I counsel that after Israel be generally gathered unto thee from Dan to Beersheba, that's north to south, as the sand of the sea, as the sand by the sea for multitude, if thou go to battle in thine own person, you know, assemble all the, the soldiers, all of them, not just 12,000 men. Just get them all. You know what they call that military? Overwhelming force. That's, that's actually a philosophy of military combat. Go with overwhelming force. That's what he said to do. Appeal to him. And go in thine own person. Oh, that appealed to him too because when, when he kills his dad, then he will absolutely get the credit for it. So shall we come upon him in some place where he shall be found, and we will... We will light upon him as the dew falleth on the ground, 
and of him and all the men that are with him, there shall not be one left, not so much as one left. We're going to kill them all. There won't be anybody to riot, anybody to come back at you. You will absolutely be the undisputed monarch king of Israel. It was simply the power of suggestion, and there was God in the background working too, that saved David and killed Absalom because he chose Hushai's advice over Ahithophel. <clears throat> Thank God for godly folks who will stand up and be counted in a critical moment. Thank God for Hushai. He was willing to lay his life on the neck for the right thing to do, just at the right time. The critical thing about your power of suggestion is it's timing. Get this. <clears throat> Jesus said in John 16, he tells his disciples, he's going to the cross, he tells them they're going to be crucified, and they're sad. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you. Now, when Jesus has many things to say unto you, they're important stuff. It's not just, you know, I want to just chat with you a while. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you but you cannot bear them now. He had a sensitivity for timing. I'm going somewhere. All the power of a suggestion at the right moment. Women who suggest to their husbands to do the right thing just when he becomes weak and is getting ready to make a bad decision, going the other way, all girls... Don't discount your voice and your power to suggest that you do the right thing. My wife's helped me through my life. I believe your wives have helped you through your lives, if I know much about life. At just the right time, the old girl, I mean, the girl says, oh, honey, you need to stand for right. You need to do right. Now, that can go either direction. Jezebel, when her suggestions to Ahab caused him to do more wickedness than he would have ever done without her. Uh, Delilah, in uh, her suggestions to Samson, caused him to lose his, both of his eyes and to grind like a mule. So there's times when you got to be careful what that suggestion is and where it's coming from. I always say, if we knew the President of the United States is a powerful man, if we knew how many decisions he made because his wife in the bedroom suggested it, you wouldn't believe it. You'd say, who's running the country? You know, when Obama was president, I wondered if Michelle wasn't running the country. She's in the bedroom right going, now, hon, now, hon, you got to do this, do that, do this. And especially if you get a passive man. Sometimes they'll be overreactive. You got to be careful about all that. But if it's the right thing to do, if it's righteous, and do it. Men... <clears throat> who suggests to their children just at the right time to do right. Employers who suggest to their employees just at the right time to do right. Employees who suggest to their employers just at the right time to do the right thing. Friends who suggest to their friends just at the right time to do the right thing. And on and on it goes. Where... And what are you doing with your power of suggestion? Because everyone in, this, in, this, in the sound of my voice has power in suggestion. 
But we times don't have, we oftentimes do not have enough faith to believe that our opinion means anything in suggesting, especially the things of the Bible, the things of right, uh, of sending a scripture verse to somebody in a, in a decision moment could change the whole direction of where they're going to go and make it a good thing. You hear somebody's going to get divorced, and you go into them maybe with a with a text or a, a short call and saying, "Hey, look, you know the you know you, I don't know if you know this or not, but God hates divorce." Book of Malachi, He hates divorce. Don't do it. You can work it out. Things will be better. Just a moment in a, in a week time. Somebody maybe wants to leave the church because somebody abused them or misused them or wasn't nice to them, and just at that weak moment, you say, "Oh, come on now." If you treated your marriage that way, you'd all be divorced. Amen? Just because I don't get along with my wife a few, to- a few times, maybe I'm sticking with her. That's part of her punishment. Leaving her, she ain't getting away that easy. She's going to have to live with me until death do us part, man. For better or for worse, or sickness and health, richer and much poorer. Amen. And so it can just make such a difference to power suggestion. Use it. Use it for the cause of Christ. Use it with your unsaved friends. I think a Nick's in here. Uh, Corey Roberts kept suggestion to you. Why don't you go to church? Why don't you trust Christ? You know, and just a suggestion. He didn't probably beat you over there. He probably may have. But, he, he, you know, that one night when old uh, Tom Farrell, I think it was here, and he suggested you come to church, Oh, this brother down here, I remember he sat up on the front row, second row, something like that, came to church, the invitation was given, and Nick took the suggestion of Tom Farrell to get saved, got saved, been a bus captain now for 20 years. Amen. You're that old. It's a long time, man. Ain't no quitting now, man. Jim McCullum would be rejoicing about that, by the way. Been a bus captain, been out boys and girls, seen him. A soft word, possibly fitly spoken at the just the right time. A gentle, a gentle soft word. You don't have to yell at somebody and scream. A soft word, maybe to come to church. Maybe to a waitress who's been waiting on you for a few times. You kind of got to know her and you know her situation. Say, well, hey, you know, I go to church down the road here. Why don't you come and I'll sit with you. We'll go out to eat. Afterwards, you know, my wife and I will go out to eat with you. Just a suggestion. It's just a suggestion. All of a sudden, you're going to do that, and boom, one of them's going to say, you know, I think I need to do that. And they'll show up. Where you go in the store, everywhere you go, just keep, keep bringing Christ up to these folks by the grace of God. Never quit. Softly, tenderly inviting people to come to church and hear the preaching of the Bible. Never quit. Because you never know what the power of suggestion will do. How many here got saved because somebody suggested you go to a revival meeting or the church service, and eventually, because of that, you got saved. Anybody in here? My, quite a few in here. Oh, my, quite a few. It works. It works. I think old Marty Moon. Hardy, Hardy, Marty, I think they call him. Which is now a senior pastor up there at uh, Gainesville Baptist Church. Uh, old Par- he said, man, he, would, he was a bad boy. And he said, this one girl, he had a weakness for girls. I said, well, that's a better than having a weakness for boys, that's for sure. He had a weakness for girls. And 
he said this one girl, you know, and he kind of liked her a little bit. She kept suggesting, you need to come to church. He didn't, he didn't want to go to church. He said, the last place I ever wanted to go was church. Well, she just wouldn't quit. Just ever so often would say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? And then, you know, a while later, why don't you come to church with me? He gives testimony better than I do. And he went. And guess who was preaching? Jim Van Gelderen. And guess what sermon he was preaching? If you know Jim Van Gelderen, he was preaching that sermon he preaches on hell. Now, Jim Van Gelderen has one of the best sermons, most powerful sermons on hell I've ever heard anybody preach. That was the sermon that he showed up for. And oh, party, hearty, Marty came down and got saved. Amen. God was able to use him. Power of suggestion. Sometimes we think we got to go in, you know, we got a clean house and you got and we and we and consequently we don't do anything because we don't think those little powers are suggestion. Who knows how many in heaven, uh, by the grace of God, that I've invited to the church, invited to the church, but I never knew they went. Twenty I had a woman, I had a woman show up. I've had this a couple of times in my experience. I had a woman show up uh, at church during the week and she said, I'm here because I want to tell you that a community Baptist church, you preached on the book of first second Timothy. Endure hardness, the good soldier of Jesus Christ. She said, you gave an invitation, and nobody raised her hand. Nobody moved. Nobody, nobody moved. It was like nobody, it was like nothing happened. She says, I want to tell you that I got saved that when you when I got saved. She said, I've been saved now for 25 years, living for Jesus. And the Holy Spirit just kind of told me I got to come by and tell you. Lord knows I needed to hear that. A preacher needs to hear that. There's people that get, and another person not long after that came and told me <clears throat> that I didn't know this, but during, oh, I, I that was, uh, and that was, a, there's a third one that was coming into my mind. Another guy I worked with for, for four years laying carpet. I can't remember his name right now, but he was a long, I never, you know, when I was raised, it was that long hair became a thing on men, long hair on men, right? And I just didn't like it. But I hired this guy who had long hair. like He had hair like a woman. And I hired him. I don't know why I did, but he ended up being a good worker. Never cut his hair. Being a good worker. We got to talk about Jesus back and forth to jobs. I never pushed it on him, but got to talk to him. His sister got a hold of me and said, you don't know this, but my brother got saved got born again after he, you know, he, he moved to somewhere else and quit, moved somewhere else. He got born again. He got saved. He got cancer a few years after he got saved. Now he's in heaven. But he's a, he's a Christian. I want to say, did he ever cut his hair? Anyway, <laughs> he got saved. That's the reward of just suggesting, suggesting. Suggesting. Keep suggesting to people all around you. God, heaven, the Bible, truth. And God will take it and do things with it that you never would know. Father, thank you tonight for your mercy and your kindness. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the power of suggestion. Thank you for these examples and others that are in the book. They've been put there for our learning, for our wisdom, so that we can avoid some of the mistakes that were made by those boys. That may, we, may we avoid them? There could be some people in this room that are so ladies, men, that are struggling. 
and you're about ready to go over the edge and you need a suggestion to do right, we're here tonight to tell you, do right. Stick with it. Don't quit. Don't put down the sword. Keep putting on the armor. God's going to come. He'll manifest himself in due time. God will manifest himself to you. God, do it. We thank you for it. If there be any here without Christ, your personal Savior, we're always we're eager to show you what it means to be saved. Know Christ, your personal Savior, to have your sins forgiven. We want to do it. Whether at invitation time or after invitation time, we'd love to talk to you about it. Father, now move as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.